Through the rest of the month of July, we're going to be going through the book of Colossians. Colossians was a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, a church that was in an area under Roman rule. And the emperor at that time was Nero. Nero was an emperor who hated Christians. He persecuted Christians and made it public entertainment. He, would, he was the emperor who would throw Christians into the Colosseum for animals. He was the emperor who would use Christians as candles to light his dinner parties. This was a church that knew what it was like to live in fear. A church that knew the true darkness of the world. And Paul wrote to this church for a few reasons. To encourage them because he knew that they would face persecution and hardship. He wrote to them to help to continue to teach them about what it means to be a believer. About the fact that when we know Jesus, that knowing him changes how we relate to God because now we know how much we matter to God. And he also wrote Colossians for practical reasons. This is how we are called to live in a non-Christian culture where being a believer isn't accepted. So Paul writes, Colossians 1, all the verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ and Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the, world, in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it, and, to, and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. As you bear fruit in every good work, and as you grow in the knowledge of God, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints 
in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created. Things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rules or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven." I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Paul is a little wordy. But he starts out this letter to this church giving thanksgiving. He starts out by simply saying thank you. Thank you for being a church, for being individuals who get it. Thank you for not just saying that Jesus is Lord, but for living lives as individuals and as a faith community that shows that Jesus is Lord. He said he's thankful that that they understand the gospel. The gospel, the good news of who Jesus Christ was, is, and always will be. The truth that the good news isn't just about something that God did in the past. The good news that isn't just about what is coming in the future. But the good news that is, that produces, that does something, that is active, that bears fruit. Good news that affects 
our everyday lives. Good news that we cannot keep to ourselves. He's saying thank you. He knew, I mean, at the time of this, Paul was in jail. He knew how hard it could be to be a believer. But here he is writing to this church saying thank you. Thank you for understanding just who our Lord is. The one Paul wrote in whom and for whom all things were created, the one we are able to call Lord and Savior. He's saying, thank you for getting it, that Jesus changes everything. That he, as it says in verse 28, is the one who we proclaim with our lives as individuals and as a church. That it is Jesus who we proclaim with our witness. Thank you. And what I, what I love about this letter is that Paul lifts up for us the specific things that this church is doing that he believes is a reflection of being a faithful witness. And those three things are that they show faith, hope, and love. Those are are words that we hear a lot in Paul's writings. Often when we hear them, we think of 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul wrote, and the greatest of these is love. Here in Colossians, Paul writes that it is hope that is the foundation of the other two. And it's these three things I want us, as we go through, to think about how we as individuals and as a faith community live them out. Let's start with hope. The thing that Paul says is the foundation of the other two. A word that I don't think we often understand because when we use the word hope, we use it in a way that's kind of blind and wishful. We say we hope that traffic won't be bad today. We hope that this week will not be as painful as last week in our nation. It's a hope that, that we really don't know if it's going to happen. But the hope that Paul is writing about here is hope that is certain. It is hope that grounds us. It is hope that calls out to us, reminding us that Not only has God taken on flesh and moved into our neighborhood, but his hope that reminds us that heaven is our home. Hope that reminds us that all the bad things happening in the world around us will never be the final word. 
that division and hatred and murder and pain will never be the final word. Hope is what calls out to us, reminding us that God's kingdom is the truth and God's kingdom will come. That while we live in a world that sometimes experiences darkness and pain, that this is not the final reality. That God is returning. Hope calls to us. Hope grounds us. Hope reminds us. Not to get lost Not to be disheartened by everything around us, but to remind ourselves and one another of of God's kingdom, of love, of life, of harmony. And it is this hope that feeds faith. And faith really feeds hope. The faith that Paul is writing about is faith in Christ. Faith that says that we can trust God's faithfulness. Because we can trust the God who said time and time again, do not worry, I am coming to you. The God who said throughout the Old Testament, I am the Lord your God. You are mine. And we can trust this God because of who we have faith in, who we are able to call our Lord. Faith in the fact that God did come, that God did walk this earth and die on a cross. And that on that cross, the darkest parts of us were redeemed and made right before our creator. We are able to have faith that says that sin is never our final story and that we are never too far far gone. We will never be forsaken. But I think sometimes faith and hope can be the easy ones of these three. Hope in God's future, faith in who Christ is, love is what's hard. Because often we make this love about looking at another person and forgetting to see them in the light of Christ. And also love is hard because if we're honest, it is easy to walk through life and not even really acknowledge someone if they're not in our inner circle. Love is hard because it means taking time. It means sometimes setting aside our pride or setting aside our desire to hold a grudge. Love can be hard because we live in a world where we are almost trained to fear one another where we live 
divided from one another. Think about that. Think about the truth of the fact that our world is divided. Political parties or gender or race or country. There is so much division in our world. It is hard to love when it involves us crossing those boundaries. It's hard to love when it makes us uncomfortable. But Paul is saying this church displayed faith, hope, and love. This church, living in a place where it was not safe to be a Christian, they still showed love because they chose to make showing love about who they knew Christ to be, about the truth that they know that God's kingdom doesn't have these divisions. So they chose to love because love is a choice. Faith, hope, and love. Three things that we are called as a church to show in our individual lives, and in our life as a faith community. But it's hard in our world and in the hecticness of life to hold up all three sometimes, to make time to remind ourselves of the hope, of the hope that we are certain of, to make time for our faith and to make time to love when it's hard. And that is why I think two things that Paul writes in this letter are important. Because Paul says, you are doing these things and they are good. And they show the world who Jesus is. But he lifts up two things so that they may continue. And those two things are prayer and seeking after God. And when we live in a country where we are free and where it's almost sometimes beneficial to be a Christian, sometimes we can make seeking after God, we can make that the end of our list. Or we can say that we're good, that we're set. But Paul tells these people, you're doing a great job, but keep going. Keep seeking after this God, our God. Because the world is going to still turn and darkness will still happen. Keep seeking together. Keep walking after this God together. And pray. He tells them that he will pray for them without ceasing. Pray for them to continue to seek after God. Pray for them to continue to hold on to hope and faith and love. He prays that they will continue to realize the truth that the gospel is alive and that we are called to show the gospel every day. 
to pray intentionally. And in our world where there is often so much distractions and just bad things happening, we have to remember as believers to pray, to seek after God. And we have to remember that together we have to encourage one another and challenge one another to live lives that show faith, hope, and love to a world that so desperately needs that reality. Let us pray. Lord, it is you that we are called to proclaim, and it is you who we come before this day. Just praying that you equip us, that you help make us steadfast and true to who you are, to who we know your son to be. Help us in our individual lives and in our faith life as a church to hold on to and show others the faith, hope, and love that we have found in you so that others may see and know that you are Lord and know you too. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.